Today on No Sitting on the Sideline Dad Podcast, episode number one zero. Have you ever wanted to know what it takes to break through your biggest barriers, your challenges, your limited beliefs, your negative thoughts, the stuff that messed up in your brain, you know, stuff that, is, that you can't get, seem to get past? Learn more about that next with my guest, Tim Shore, author of the book, One Belief Away, next on the podcast. Let's do this. Welcome to the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad Podcast, a podcast about a journey of discovery and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. Hey, welcome to the podcast. My name is Joe Foley, and I really, I really want to thank you for being here. And this is your first time. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I know as a dad, parent, and just an adult, period, we're busy. Busy times. We're always running around for my jobs, picking up the kids, or if you have kids, picking up the kids at the um, daycare. We're just busy at work in general. So you choosing to spend um, some time with me and listening, I really do appreciate you. I really do. And I really think about it sometimes. I wish that I could come up and shake your hand for listening or just say high five. You know, high five. High five, everybody. Thank you for listening. High five. High five. <laughs> I really do appreciate Hey, if. If you do appreciate this um, podcast and like the content, share with a friend. Tell a friend. Hey, this is a great podcast. Share. There's a link. Share with a friend. I would really appreciate it. Next up on the podcast, my guest, Tim Shaw, the author of the book, One Belief Away. It's very interesting. I like the title, One Belief Away. We just click that one little Click that one button or just get past that one wall where one belief away. We talk about how important the words we use about believing in ourselves. Negative self-talk can be damaging to our minds and brains. Retrain our brains in limited beliefs. Something I, I'm, I'm very fascinated in limited beliefs. Just something I really, I really try to want to explore more myself, actually. Tim's book's One Belief Away. Tim, she has a lot of good information, and I think you'd really enjoy this interview and get a lot out of it. Let's jump right in. Welcome to the podcast, Tim. Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me. One thing that's interesting, too, because it can tie into your kids, too, and think about that is how important are the words we use? Uh, they're very important because the words you choose to use push emotional buttons inside of people. And if you want to strengthen relationships, if you want to influence people, if you want to um, have more impact, whether uh, it's in your personal relationships with your family or at work or anywhere else, you got to be very aware of the kinds of words that you use because they matter. And uh, there's, of course, people think, well, maybe I need to be more compassionate or more thoughtful, but actually there's another way of paying attention to the words you use. So I can give you uh, some examples of words that I never use. Okay. And uh, because I think that they weaken our um, desire, our motivation and our impact. So like uh, one word is don't, the word don't. When you use the word don't, your brain only does what comes after it, right? So if you tell your kid, don't throw that toy, what do they do? Gonna throw the toy. <laughs> they're going to throw the toy because their brain, not because they're being defiant, but because their brain hears throw the toy. If you say, don't eat those cookies, don't eat those cookies, your brain hears eat those cookies, Right. And so when you're telling someone what not to do, if I say, don't think of kicking a dog, you know, you think, <laughs> you think I like kicking the dog. And, and so the word don't, whenever you're focusing on what you're trying to get away from, it moves you in that direction. 
Your mind works like a GPS, Joe. So if I type in, I don't want to go to the grocery store. I don't want to go to the movies. I don't want to go to the post office. You're going to end up in one of those places because that's what your mind hears. Instead of saying, I want to go to Joe's house, right? Now my mind knows what to do. So instead of telling your kid, don't throw the toy, you say, put the toy here or put it there. You choose. Good job either way. Well, interesting how powerful the mind actually is. And um, it's amazing. I listened to some of the book you talked about. We'll talk about a little bit about the uh, beliefs and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it's all, a mind's like a big computer. And we can, it's just, it's so fascinating. It's a fascinating thing. To another thing I was thinking about too, but what you do for a background is um, you're, you have your degree in psychology and stuff like that, and also mm-hmm. hypnotist. And I find that funny because I'm not saying it doesn't work. I don't say I don't believe in it, but I'm just curious. What, what is a yeah. hypnotist? Hypnosis is really the study of influencing somebody's unconscious mind, mm-hmm. right? Your unconscious mind is kind of like the hard drive of your computer brain, and it runs the programs. And so it would make sense. All our beliefs our attitudes, how we approach life, our memories, our life experiences are stored in that hard drive of our mind. So a lot of times in traditional therapy, we're trying to use positive thinking, right? We're talking about our problems, but we're never getting to the root of what we really believe of what's really going on. It's kind of like cutting the top of a weed off. You got to get to the root and pull it out there. Well, hypnosis is all about directly going to the root of the problem and addressing it at that level instead of just dealing with the symptoms. So people are skeptical of hypnosis because of the entertainment side of it, right? Where people are clucking like chickens and running around acting goofy or because of Hollywood movies that make it look like, you know, your vampires can put people in trances and movies like get out or with Kevin Bacon, you know? And and so hypnosis makes it look like you can put people in a trance uh, against their will. And that's false. That's all make-believe from Hollywood. So that's where the skepticism comes from. The clinical side of hypnosis uh, is very valid, and it's taught at Stanford University. The Catholic Church gave a thumbs up to it in 1956 oh, wow. as uh, the number one way to stop smoking. So it's, it's highly respected in those realms. It's just most people don't know about that side of it. They just see the Hollywood side of it. It's very interesting, too. You see about the ones like quit smoking, losing weight. That's like people have blockages in their mind and, and, and hypnosis helps them probably get through that. Yes, absolutely. So our computer, your brain is like a computer, like you said. And what we do is we download mental malware on accident. You know, malware are those computer viruses that make your programs not work. <laughs> and so, well, we download mental malware when we're kids. And this mental malware are beliefs like I'm not good enough. I won't be loved. I'm not safe. People are going to reject me. Um, If I speak in front of a group, I'm going to be humiliated. We have all these deep fears and insecurities with the main one being I'm not enough. And because I'm not enough, I won't be loved. And then so how do I get love? And we develop all these dysfunctional ways of trying to prove that we're enough or trying to get validation. And, And so when that happens, most people are just trying to change what's going on outside of them. Well, if I have a better job, well, if I have a stronger body, well, if I marry the right person, well, you know, if I do these things, then I'll be happy. And that usually doesn't create the happiness we want. So we got to go update the beliefs that are in our mind. We got to get rid of the mental malware. And hypnosis helps you to do that really fast 
because it goes right to where um, it got started. And that's why I wrote that last book called One Belief Away, because for 30 years, I've been watching people go from a breakdown to a breakthrough, saying, I can't do this to then doing it, saying this is impossible. And then it happens. And it's not like they changed who they were. They just changed the beliefs that were running in their computer brain. And when you change the program, you get a better outcome. Where do beliefs start? Do they start at a young age? Do we just learn them over time? Where do the beliefs start? Cognitive researchers say that most of the beliefs that we have about ourselves, about other people, and about the world around us were formed by the time we were eight years old. So it's kind of like you've got an inner eight-year-old making decisions unconsciously on your behalf and, you know, for your love life, for your finances, for how you take care of yourself. And you can really tell that that's accurate when we get stressed because we start, you know, I'm going to eat all the donuts in the house. You know, I'm going to get mad. I'm going to give a silent treatment. I'm going to throw a temper tantrum and start yelling. I'm going to have a pity party for myself. You know, all these uh, ways that we deal when we're uh, upset or stressed or overwhelmed, you can see that inner child coming out real strong. It's almost like going through a trauma when you're a kid, like getting picked on, being picked on as a kid. Yeah, it's just yeah. kids being kids. But does it have a, I mean, it sounds like it has a long lasting effect. It has a very long lasting effect. Those, I call them big T and little T traumas, mm-hmm. you know, so getting picked on is, a, you know, over a long period of time is a trauma. Um, getting sexually abused is a big T trauma, right? And there's so much uh, verbal, physical, and sexual abuse that people have experienced in the world. I mean, I was shocked when I facilitated over 15,000 individual coaching sessions uh, over a couple of decades, and I was shocked how much, you know, I'm pretty convinced that everybody has um, big T and little T traumas in their life, and we don't realize how that's affecting us 30 years later when we're in our thirties and forties and fifties and how it's still messing with us. And it's not the experiences that we went through, Joe. It's what we think they mean. It's how we interpreted them. It's the beliefs that we formed about ourselves or others. So if you got picked on, I definitely got picked on a lot when I was little. And so, you know, it formed a belief in my mind that the world's not a safe place. You know, it's not a safe place. And so going through life, I was going through life playing not to lose instead of playing to win. And when you play not to lose, you keep losing no matter how hard you try. And even when you win, you're just afraid that it's going to get taken away. And so we've got to figure out what these beliefs are and upgrade them. And most people just don't want to do it because it's uncomfortable. But I've also found that your biggest breakthroughs are hidden in the places you don't want to go. It's interesting, too, is that when you're having something good, I can remember something, just for an example in my head, something going good and waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yep. That's that When you say that, 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 were, that comes to mind. Yeah, because not only the beliefs that we interpret, but also the beliefs that we are around. I mean, all the adults around us were often wounded kids, <laughs> you know, that grew up. And we've got our religion and we've got our government and we've got our culture and we've got the socioeconomic pressures around us and where you lived and where you grew up. And all of that influences us as well. And so people that are our age that were growing up in the seventies and the eighties, we have all kinds of beliefs of don't get your expectations too high because you're going to get disappointed or you start doing well. Well, who do you think you are? You think you're special or, you know, if you're doing well, yeah, then, um, you know, now you're being selfish, right? You're not being a good Christian. 
you know? And so all these limiting beliefs that are ridiculous, that cause us to feel less than. So there's no wonder why insecurity is the biggest dis-ease on this planet. One thing you mentioned to limited beliefs, and that's kind of a word I kind of like, limited beliefs. Why do you think people have so many limited beliefs and how can they overcome? Well, a big part of our brain was, has been developing over the last 500,000 years since we were Neanderthals. And that part of our brain was all about survival. And so its main objective is to keep us away from pain and perceived threat, right? We will avoid pain more than we will create pleasure. Because we have a brain that over half a million years has been um, trying to keep us away from pain, it pays attention to pain and it pays attention to every possible way that we could get hurt. And so it was interesting because of that, our society has been wrapped around this idea of avoiding pain. You know, you can have it all, you should have it all because then you won't have any pain, which is a lie because everything we do to try to have it all creates pain. (laughs) And, you know, humans are in this horrible habit of trying to avoid pain by doing things that create more of it. Like you're stressed out. So you light up a cigarette, you know, because you just found out you got lung cancer. So you smoke an extra pack that week. You know, I mean, we do all these things. I might get diabetes. So I end up eating a whole bunch of sugar. You know, we do these weird sabotaging um, behaviors, trying to avoid pain. And a big part of it is uh, I, I asked um I asked a group that I was facilitating uh, to pick a new emotion that they'd like to experience one new emotion each day for seven days in a row. And I said, just go to Google and Google a list of 50 emotions. And maybe today I'm going to be exuberant and tomorrow I'm going to feel serenity. (laughs) And the next day I'm going to feel passion, right? Instead of the same stress, motivation, you know, (laughs) let down, you know, overwhelm this. And so anyway, I Googled 50 emotions because I, I will never ask anybody else to do something unless I'm willing to do it as well. So I Googled that list of 50 emotions and out of the 50, 40 of them described negative experiences. Oh, wow. 40 of them we would say would be negative emotions out of the 50. That shows us that like 80 to 90% of what's out in the world would be perceived as negative or self-limiting. And so when you try to just have a positive attitude or you try to believe in yourself, you can see why so many people have difficulty doing it. Well, you think not believing yourself like is talk about trauma a few minutes ago, but not yeah. believing yourself. How can somebody get like believing this? How can they change their mind and, and, and move forward? You really got to reparent yourself. You got to go through. I asked myself that question 32 years ago, trying to figure <laughs> out that exact answer. So that's a great question, Joe. And uh, just trying to figure out what is the answer? How do I stop feeling anxious? How do I stop feeling scared? How do I stop sabotaging myself? How do I stop, um, you know, holding myself back, right? Of course, at the time, I didn't think I was holding myself. I thought everybody else was holding me back. I was full of blame, right, and, and self-pity. And so, um, but now after three decades of looking for that answer, I found it. And it's really reparenting yourself. It's going back and finding those beliefs and changing them and changing the experiences. Because remember, it's not what happened. It's how you're interpreting it. And we have the ability to go back and empower ourselves. We have the ability to go from a victim to a victor. We have the ability to take a situation that was painful and use it to make us, uh, to help us become the person that we've always wanted to be. We have that ability, but people don't know that they have the ability and then they don't know how to do it. I put the exact 
strategies that I've taken tens of thousands of people through and uh, that have worked. I mean, these are the exact strategies for reparenting yourself. And they're all in that one belief away book. Well, it's interesting too. Um, I, I I could listen to the most, read the most. I would say read most of the book. I'll listen mm-hmm. to it. The, the mm-hmm. We talked about before. Yes. As one thing was too was I was very interested is the power questions, the negative questions, yeah. and folders. Yeah. What are those all about? I was kind of curious. So William James, the founder of modern psychology, he said the greatest discovery of the 20th century is that the quality of your life is being determined by the quality of your thinking. And really thinking is just kind of a process of asking ourselves questions and the questions you ask yourself determine what you focus on. So those lousy questions usually focus on what we're unhappy about, what we're missing, what we think is unfair and what's going wrong. And of course, what you focus on expands, what you focus on, you move towards. So if you're focusing on what's not working, you're going to have more of that. So lousy questions are like, why is it going to be so hard? How come things never work out for me? You know, I'm, why am I ever not taken for granted? You know, um, whose fault is this? You know, why this? Why me? Why, you know, why now? <laughs> right. And it just, it causes us to um, lose our energy and lose our drive and we start procrastinating. And then it just causes more of that yucky cycle. Power questions redirect your attention onto what you want. So you would ask questions like, all right, what's the outcome that I want? My wife just said something and it pushed a button inside of me. Now I can say something smart Alec back. You know, I can, I can defend myself. I can justify myself or I can say, what's the outcome that I want? I want us to become closer. What could I say that would cause us to become closer? Right? So what's the outcome that I want? How do I want to feel? What's one thing I can do to feel that way that would leave me feeling proud of myself afterwards? You know, what resources do I have? Who can I lean on for support? When you focus on what's going well and you ask yourself those questions, Joe, it causes your mind to pay attention to that bit of information. It's like there's a million directions you could go, you know, in any given moment. The questions you ask help you figure out what solutions or what problems you're going to have more of. It's amazing. It's it's, it's fascinating because I can see that it's like it's like a wall. There's a wall right here. I can, I'll slip my head in the video, but there's a wall. And, <laughs> and I know I'm knocking on the door. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is what you got to do. But sometimes people can't break that wall. Can't break that wall. Yeah. That's, that's some, when you keep saying stuff like that, that comes, it comes in my mind. One thing I was interested in, too, you talk about in the book a little bit about visualization. And kind of yeah. reminds me a little bit. Um, I'll give you my, my thought about it is playing golf. Um, one thing mm-hmm. when I'm on the tee box and – I look at the tee bar, I step back, I look at the ball, I look down the fairway, and I visualize how I'm going to hit that ball and where it's going to land. And then as I do it, boom, lands where I want it to. If I just step up and do it, it goes left. So I'm going to... So when you talk or about this, people those, say, just don't hook it. Just don't <laughs> hook it. Now you know why. <laughs> well, that's when you, when you, that, that came to mind when you were talking about visualization. I wonder if we can talk a little more about that. Well, I mean, you just did a beautiful job of explaining it. You're telling your brain what you want it to do, and you're doing it through symbols. When we were first little babies, we didn't think in language. We thought in symbols. So we see a mother's face, and we think food, right? So we see a mother's face. We start crying. We get fed. Our brain makes that connection. So that was the first form of language. So your unconscious mind kind of thinks in images and feelings more than just words. We use words to create the images and the feelings. 
Okay. So if I say, where's the milk in your fridge? Most people immediately see their fridge and they see the milk on the door or wherever it might be. And so they're using words to create images. So if you tell yourself, like you said, this is what I want to do and you keep imagining it, then your brain knows what to do and adjusts. Unfortunately, what most people do when they're visualizing is they're imagining worst case scenarios. That's what we call worry and stress, right? That we are imagining what we don't want and then acting or reacting as though it already happened, even though it didn't, it's just a movie that we made up in our mind. That's that's interesting too. How do we overcome that? Like, can we just change our thought process or maybe some, like some, maybe some activity or some kind of things we could do? Yeah, the big, the the main answer is practice. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not good at anything until we practice it. And once we practice it, it becomes more automatic. And so this is, a, I remember I was helping someone to, you know, they would have a negative thought about themselves and then I would help them to recognize it, maybe say cancel clear, you know, <laughs> what would I rather believe? What do I want to have happen? And I remember um, they came back the next week and I said, so how did it go? And they're like, oh, that didn't work. I'm like, okay, well, well, what happened? And they said, well, I was telling myself that, you know, I was having another bad day and I, I thought, all right, I took a breath and, and I said, you know what? We can turn this day around. What do I want to have happen? And then I couldn't think of anything. And I'm like, you know what? This is crap. And, and <laughs> then I didn't do it anymore. I'm like, so you tried it one time, <laughs> right? You've been practicing your negative approach for 40 years, but you tried this one time and it didn't work. Imagine if you were learning to walk and you get up and you fall down and your mom says, all right, no more of that walking stuff. We got to knock no more of that. Okay. No, you got up, you fell down. You got up, you fell down. You got up, you walked, then you fell down. Right. And that's what we're going to do with this. We're, we're learning a new skill. This is a skill. It's not a behavior. It's not an attitude. It's a skill and skills can be learned. So learning how to make yourself feel safe, loved, encouraged, hopeful, supported is a skill that most people are terrible at. And it just takes a little bit of practice and then using the shortcuts that will make it a little bit easier for you. And like I said, the shortcuts are in the book or what we've been talking about. Your whole podcast is about providing people with successful shortcuts that make their lives happier, you know, which is why I wanted to be on your program. Well, it's interesting too. I mean, I was thinking about too, the, you talk about the book called the biggest secret. How did that, how did you come about that and talk about that, but the biggest secret in the book? Cause I found that fascinating. I read it. I saw, I think it was a little documentary about it too. What, what, what fascinates you about the biggest secret? Well, I, are you referring to this, the movie, the secret that they had had produced? I think so. The book, I read the book too, yeah. the book too. Yes. Yeah. And the book. Yes, of course the book as well. And so, yeah, Robin Byrne collected a bunch of amazing people who were practicing and teaching how to use the power of your mind to create your life by design and to teach these strategies of paying attention to the words that you use and how to, imagine what you want so that you start moving towards it and how to influence how you're feeling instead of just saying, well, I'm just going to feel this way. You know, today I'm uh, um, at the mercy of whatever happens. You know, you want to be the cause of your life or you want to be the effect of it. Do you want to be the puppet getting life's pulling your strings or do you want to be the puppet master where Mm -hmm. you're pulling your own strings? And so this has been taught in personal development and self-help programs for decades. It's just that most people um, 90% of the population do not, does not do any kind of personal development. They're, they're not actively paying attention to their thoughts. They're not actively upgrading their beliefs. 
Uh, emotional intelligence is fairly low because we don't put a lot of that energy into it. The schools are starting to incorporate emotional intelligence in grade school now, um, but it didn't exist when we were going to school. In fact, when I watch movies that were made in the 80s, that's like, <laughs> oh, my God, you could never get away with saying that now or doing that now. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. And so so it again, it's just a matter of recognizing that the training is available. I mean, you can have it right on your phone immediately. And uh, it's just learning how to do these things. And I think it's the most important uh, work you can do, learning how to understand your own mind and learning how to upgrade um, your life by upgrading your beliefs. Well, one thing that was interesting, too, is why is such a, some people have such a negative thoughts about, negative ideas or thoughts about this kind of stuff? Because they don't trust it because they've been hurt and because they've been wounded. They just don't trust it. They don't think it's going to work. They think that you're trying to manipulate them. They think that you're in denial that the world is a horrible place and you're delusional if you don't believe that, right? That's why, because they're wounded. We operate from our level of awareness. And if our level of awareness about ourselves, about how your mind works, about how the world works, about how beliefs work, if, if you're not aware of that, you don't trust it. Right. You still think that there's witches out there. (laughs) You know, in the 1700s, they had 30,000 trials for werewolves. Oh, wow. Yeah. 30,000 people. Many people were put to death because um, they were found guilty of being a werewolf, which, of course, is ridiculous. (laughs) But, you know, people and their beliefs, uh, we can we have all kinds of beliefs. And if most of them are negative or cause mistrust or fear or greed, which, you know, our societies reinforce those feelings when you watch, especially now with social media, but we've always had our own propaganda and now with Facebook and everything else, you know, so many people are getting mixed messages and it's not bringing us together. It's causing more divide. And uh, so we've got some work ahead of us, but again, it doesn't matter what happens in the white house. What matters is what happens in your house. And it starts with you. Most people want to change somebody else. You know, mar- the old joke in marriage counseling is I'm here to fix my partner. <laughs> okay. But it's us, you know, it's, it's you and me. We are the ones that we need to work on the most. And when you work harder on yourself than anything else, you will have a more quality life. One other thing interesting too, I was thinking about too, mentors and coaches. How important a mentor, mm-hmm. um, could it be, it could be a person you go to talk to all the time on a chat or go for a coffee or mentor that you could read mm-hmm. some books that might be helpful. I'm, I'm curious mm-hmm. a little about that too. Yeah. Mentors and coaches shorten your learning curve. Mm-hmm. They help you see your blind spots. They help you catch things about yourself that you weren't recognizing that you weren't realizing. Um, they give you feedback that you're able to take because <laughs> it's coming from a trusted source and you feel like it's coming from love, you know, and they actually have your back and they're on your side. So you're more open to it. You'll be kind of more coachable as opposed to getting it from your spouse or getting it from somebody else. Uh, And so having coaches, which are people you pay or having mentors, which are people that usually are just helping you out of the kindness of their heart is very valuable because they give you new information. You know, Albert Einstein, one of the smartest people that ever lived on, on earth said that, um, you know, you are only as, uh, you know, as wise as the, as the feedback that you get, and you cannot solve a problem with the same mind that created it. You have to have new information and new feedback in order to find a new solution. 
And uh, most people just don't know what they don't know. And that's why in therapy, they say self-awareness is the first step. You can't fix what you're not aware of. (laughs) Well, what's funny too, what's interesting, and I'm going to give an example of myself, actually. um, Feedback. I have um, my boss, my full-time job. um, Mm -hmm. He gives me feedback about the podcast saying, you're doing a great job. You, you know, you get, I'm like, wow, I got another guest. Oh, doing a great job. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just a podcaster. People email me and I, I don't, I have a hard time believing when somebody says you do a good job. I mean, some people go through the same kind of things I do, whatever circumstances or whatever that they do. Why is that? Do you have a more easy time um, believing that you're doing a bad job? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, again, it's all about our beliefs. Right. So sometimes we're good at accepting compliments uh, because we compliment ourselves and we compliment others. Sometimes we have a very difficult time um, receiving compliments because we don't give them to ourselves or because we don't give them to others more freely. And that's often because we had a mom or a dad that didn't give it to us or didn't praise us in that way. And so, again, we do what we learn to do. And, uh, you know, if I go into a company and the leadership team is complaining about how poorly the employees are working, I remind them that employees model the behavior of their leaders. And so just like kids model the behavior of their parents. So what we want to do in that situation is it's, you know, it's up to you. You can um, do two things. You can say, well, I'm okay. I know that I'm not doing a bad job, but I'm not going to accept that, you know, these people are telling me I'm doing a great job and you're just going to stay kind of in the middle. Or you can decide, you know what, when they tell me I'm doing a good job, I'm going to accept that. I'm going to say thank you and feel good about myself and, and receive the pat on the back. If you do that, Joe, two things will happen. One, over time, you'll feel better. Okay? And two, they'll feel better too. Because if your boss gives you a gift, even if it's in the form of a compliment, which is a very powerful gift, and you don't really receive it, you're like, no, (laughs) then, you know, it kind of robs him of that pleasure that he got of complimenting you, right? So, you know, you rob yourself and you rob him when you don't accept that you are doing a great job. It's just, (laughs) when you were talking about that, and thank you for answering that question is, I mean, about the podcast, but it was something I was thinking about when you were talking, because some people have a hard time taking compliments, and then and, and, and believing in themselves and believing that they're doing a good job. Even they think, well, I'm just doing it. And, and I hope somebody likes it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I liked it enough to come on your show on a Saturday on a holiday weekend and spend time with you. Right. <laughs> and, and I've been on hundreds of shows, so I didn't have to do this. I wanted to do this and I wanted to spend time with you. So, you know, actions speak louder than words. So you are doing a great job. So Thank deal you. with it. <laughs> thank, thank you <laughs> one thing i want to talk about too is um you also have a podcast and your new uh, is it the new, new book one belief away what is your podcast about it's called how to be mesmerizing and i wanted to interview the hall of fame speakers of the world because i wanted to be one and i figured <laughs> if you want to be something you need to be around people who are like that <laughs> right and so yeah, so I started interviewing uh, people in, in that respect and then found that um, it was a lot of fun and people were really gracious. 
And then I also turned it into an opportunity to interview some of my mentors from when I was, you know, 19 years old, a a broke college kid, just barely getting by. And I discovered the library and they let you rent audiobooks for free. (laughs) And I'm like, what? You know, because I didn't have money to buy them. And so I would walk out with five or 10 stacks of audio cassette tapes, listening to Brian Tracy or Dennis Waitley or Les Brown and and uh, and I thought, wouldn't it be amazing if I could interview them? And oh, now wow. I'm friends with all of them, which just blows my mind. Right? <laughs> From we've had interviews, I put together a Legend Summit, and I've invited 36 of the most amazing people to my Legend Summits. And um, and now I got I got them all on my phone. Oh. <laughs> it freaks me out, you know, <laughs> that I can call up Brian or Les, you know, or, or Dennis. I mean, that's amazing to me or Bob Proctor, you know, or Ken Blanchard. I mean, it's amazing that, um, and, and I was scared to at first because my own limiting beliefs, I'm like, why would those people want to talk to me? <laughs> right? Making myself feel small. And then I had to take my own advice and go, wait a second. They're going to love me. I love me. They'll love me. Right? <laughs> that's not how I talk to myself. You know, when I started out. I was very anxious and very shy and scared of everything. And, and so, but I tell myself, you know, if I can't, if I'm resisting, if I get scared, I have to do it. And when I do, that's when the breakthroughs happen. Exactly. Exactly. Jump. I, I, I like this one. Um, the one, one video, I think it was, um, it came out that the celebrity says the best thing that happens in life is when you jump, 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 jump into it and do it. Um, yeah. And that's yeah. and that's why I keep thinking when you're saying that too. I forgot the celebrity. He's um yeah. he does um Family Feud. Oh, Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey said that. Yes, I yeah, saw a video. Awesome. Steve Harvey said that. I remember. I I had to think of that for a second. Your book, One Belief Away, and what is it? What kind of book? What kind of book is it? Yeah, my books are all full of strategy, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of motivational books teach you uh, a philosophy and give you an idea of how you want to live your life. My books always tell you, this is how you pull it off. This is how you actually do it. They'll say you should have discipline. My book will say, this is how you create discipline, right? Because I wanted to know, how do you do that? And I was very skeptical with everything, including hypnosis back in the day. You know, I'm like, show me, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. Right. And so, um, so I wanted to test everything, prove everything. And a part of me was expecting it to to be false, you know, that it wasn't going to work out. And then when it worked out, I'm like, Whoa, this is crazy. I can't believe. And then I do it again and Whoa, it worked again. And so I just kept doing that. And some stuff was garbage. Some stuff didn't work, but a lot of tools did, you know, I was sifting through a lot of mud, but I found a whole bunch of gold nuggets and I put those into the book. So my books are hard to just read through because every chapter has an exercise, a strategy, a, a mental reconditioning technique, you know, an awakening experience designed to retrain your brain and create new neuro associations, right? That help you to feel, to feel it, right? Not just trying to talk yourself into something, but to actually feel it. And, uh, and so it doesn't rely on willpower. We are going to retrain your emotional unconscious mind to show up and respond in the way that you most want to, because I have learned that um, it doesn't matter what shows up. What matters is how you show up and how you respond to it. Also, final thoughts, wrapping up, final thoughts you can leave, anything you want to leave with the audience? I just want you to know that you are already enough. You have nothing to prove. You're already good. You already have the talents and the skills and the ability and the resources inside of you. You may need to learn how to connect the dots 
but your mind is kind of like a safe and it has treasure inside of you already. You might only have two of the three numbers in the combination. So it feels like pulling that door open is hard and impossible. But once you find that third combination and you do that by listening to programs like Joe's, then he provides you that third number in the combination. And when you have it, that door swings open easily and you're able to access the treasure that's already inside. So believe in yourself and remember, you are truly only one belief away from your biggest breakthrough. Also, where they connect you if they want to reach out and ask questions and and, um, find your book? You can go to timsure.com. And that has all my resources. My uh, books are on Amazon. So if you go to Amazon, you'll find my books. And then for everybody that's listening, I like to give them a free copy of a new program. So if you're listening, if you're a fan of Joe's program, I'm going to give you the secret link. I, I created a new program called The Power of Your Unconscious Mind. And it's an awesome, fun, empowering program. And if you go to Power Mindset Program, powermindsetprogram.com, uh, that'll get you the uh, free copy. All links will be in the show notes for this episode. Tim, I want to thank you very much for spending your time this week, this weekend on the holiday weekend. I really do appreciate it, sir. Uh, Joe, it was so much fun. I love the questions. You're doing such a great job. So keep it going. And thanks for having me. Wrapping up this episode, I want to thank Tim Shore for being a guest on the podcast. You can find more about him over at timshore.com. You can find all links for this episode at No Sitting on the Sideline Dad Podcast size 110. Hey, please reach out, leave a comment, leave a question, or just want to say hello. I really appreciate you, and I'd like to hear what you have to say. If it's positive, negative, that's fine. That's fine. I just want to hear what you have to say about the content. You know what? Here's a question. What is one belief that's holding you back of achieving your, your dreams? I got a lot of beliefs I got to work on, but... What is your one belief? Maybe you can leave that in the comment from the show in this episode. You can find them all my contact information at com slash contact. Hey, if you find this podcast helpful and enjoy the podcast, please consider supporting the show. Head over to com slash support the show. There's a link to the Patreon. There's a store. It has all merchandise. And if you want just like donation for a cup of coffee, you know, maybe $5. Cup of coffee. All the links will be over there. I would really appreciate it. Wrap it up. I want to say thank you for listening to the podcast. You know, we're always one belief away, and I really think that's true. And you are better than you really think you are. And what's holding you back? You know, these words I'm telling you right now, I need to believe them sometimes a little more myself. Well, thank you for listening. Until next time, take care. Give your kids a hug. Tell how much you love them. Because, you know, time goes by quick. My son's going to be just finished up second grade, and, man, time's gone by really quick. And give them a hug. And also, reach out to a friend. You never know what somebody else is going through. And to say, hello, I'm here for you. Hey, you need somebody to talk to. You know, since the world, things are open up, let's go grab a cup of coffee. Or if you, your beverage of choice. Until next time, take care. God bless. See ya.